This morning, isn't it great that we're here? I've already kind of said that. There we go. Get the first line out of the way. I was, saying, I was talking to my father-in-law the other day, saying, I actually write down, type down my welcome, <laughs> which is quite funny. Anyway, hope you've navigated the steps well this morning. Um, so, as you may have heard last week, uh, Gordon has kind of given me the flexibility slash autonomy um, in what to bring. So, I'll keep this short and get going, keep it punchy and to the point. Um, just a few points that Gordon kind of gave me. It was the theme of travelling, and I'll try and say this next one correctly because I often don't. Sojourning, uh, not getting too comfortable, being bold, stepping out, making moves, having faith. So quite, a, quite an expansive list there to get going from. Um, I've got four points, uh, so not long to expand given the time we've got, but four points that will hopefully carry you forwards from where we are. I say forwards why, can anyone remember the scripture that Gordon looked at last week. That's not really a quiz. It's like a rhetorical question, shall we say. Yes, Gordon. I remember it. Yeah, of course you do. So remember not the former things. <laughs> remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I am doing a new thing. It is Isaiah. That's the one. Isaiah 43, 18 to 19, for those of you that want to take notes. So remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. So thinking about that and what we've looked at in Joshua so far, this first point is place. Place. Say place to the person on your left. Place. There we go. I know, some real kind of intent there, like neck movements. Um, so every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, just as I promised to Moses, it says in Joshua 1.3. Now, obviously, thinking of context, this is speaking of Joshua going to the promised land, but this can be our story too. It can be our story. Do you believe that this morning? Mike Breen, uh, in his brilliant book, Building a Discipling Culture, says this. But for all the things that divide us, the culture around us is a shared experience. It is one that we must live in successfully if we are to follow Jesus' command to go and make disciples. We live in an ever-changing, divided, challenging place. Um, Swale, did you know, is the second most deprived local authority area in the county according to the Index of Multiple Deprivation, taken from the KCC website, written in 2019. <gasps> so, deprivation. Yeah, in particular, Merston, Milton Regis, they were named in this report as local wards that have a higher percentage than the national average. Deprivation, a lack. But remember, every place, as it says, what we've referred to before. So whether you would consider yourself part of Hope Church, Sittingbourne, Holy Trinity, Net Church, Sittingbourne Baptist Church, or any of the other churches in the town, wider villages and other towns, especially for those listening online, God has given this place to us and for us. There's a line in that old song, it says, the gospel, O Lord, is the hope for our nation. Yes, the place. Yes, we can stand, sit here and say, but Adam, we're just sojourners, travellers, passing through. But I would challenge you, how much do you love the place where you live? How are you being bold in the place that you live? How much do you love 
your neighbours as it commands, doesn't it? The second greatest commandment is love your neighbour as you would love yourself. You may recall the phrase making moves was in the list that Gordon gave me. How are you making moves for Jesus in the place that you live? This coming Wednesday, um, I have my first governor's meeting at Tenham School. Um, Um, I want to have an impact in the current and future educations of my daughters and the many young people in the village that I live. Why? Because every place but the soul of my feet. Yeah? Do you know how much security there is in that? Do you know how much security there is in the gospel? That means we can. We can step out and do these things for the glory of God and his church. We have an impact on the place that we live means we should have an impact on my second point, people. You can see where this is going. What letter might my point start with? People. Say people to the person on your right. People. There we go. Keeping you on your toes. So Matt Chandler explains in his book, The Explicit Gospel, the gospel is such power that it necessitates reaction. Jesus Christ has worked such an outrageous wonder that he demands response, whether hatred or passion. Anyone ambivalent, it's a bit of a big word, ambivalent about what Christ has actually done just isn't clear on the facts. To present the gospel then, it says, is to place a hearer in an untenable position. So when God speaks, there should be a reaction. (laughs) People follow, people go, people react. Don't get me wrong, we're humans. We sometimes need encouragement, you know, to kind of see the wood for the trees. Many things, as we look at shortly, need preparation in order that the purpose of what we're doing is seen more clearly. But isn't it incredible that the same God who spoke to Joshua, Paul, Timothy, and so on, speaks to us and the people out on the streets of Swale today? The gospel is key. Father, Spirit, and Son. The Father speaks, the Son speaks, the Spirit intercedes. It's so good. We're in such a wonderful moment in time, as we've just reflected on uh, within the life of Hope Church, that we're meeting, as as we've just heard from Ade, semi-regularly, to be equipped and equip others in how to effectively, effectively get the gospel onto the streets. We pray, we ask God to speak, and we go out on the streets, as we've heard. Take my taking the segment of my talk away, it's okay. So we'll approach other parts of that later on in terms of preparation. But as it says in that excerpt from Mike Green's book that I mentioned, the culture around us. Yeah, so that's the people that we live with, work with, share the train with, share the motorway with, and so on. It's a shared experience. It is one that we must live in successfully if we're to follow Jesus' command to go and make disciples. Can I please encourage you? I know we've had encouragement already, but I've got it down in my notes, so I feel like I should carry on. Encourage you, if you've not been to one of the sessions, make time. Make time to head over to Ade Emmanuel's next Saturday. So, third point, preparation. Yeah, so we've had place, we've had people, preparation. Shout at me, preparation. Preparation. Oh, come on, you can shout louder than that. Gosh, (laughs) That was loud. That was cool. 
When I read the part in Joshua, when it speaks of the people getting the go-ahead from Joshua to go, he commanded them to prepare. Yeah, in Joshua 1, he commanded them to prayer. Um, to prepare, sorry. Thinking about Joshua and how he prepared himself for this moment, his preparation in some sense was quite, quite simple. You know, it says in Scripture, Exodus chapter 33, um, that Joshua was in the door of the tent waiting day and night. He was around the anointed man of God, Moses. He was being prepared, but almost kind of being caught up in the things of Moses. Not, you know, not so much being taught, but just being kind of caught up. What kind of relationships are you caught up in that do you good? Who does you good? If you're not in those type of relationships, can I please encourage you to do so? It's not in my notes, but we're kind of, you know, trying as a church just to kind of think about the whole thing of discipleship and just kind of gleaning knowledge from one another. So whether it's, you know, running partners, which are kind of, you know, just meeting up with people will do you good. As I read that part, the phrase preparation ensures the purpose is seen more clearly, clearly came to mind. Yeah, so I'll say that again. Preparation ensures the purpose is seen more clearly. What is the purpose of us being here this morning? The coffee was so good at Costa. Surely it wasn't going to be much longer before the hole upstairs was filled. Surely, why, 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 I've written. But it calls us, doesn't it, in Joshua, to only be strong and courageous. Yeah, we could have stayed. I know we're going back next week. But, you know, only be strong and very courageous. Now is the time. Why? Because there's been a time of preparation. You know, not only risk assessments, kind of, if we go all about this so much, sorry, Bromwich. Not only risk assessments and all those kind of things, but we've prepared. You know, Gordon's gone away. He's kind of spent time just with the Lord. So much prayer has gone into it. What is God saying? To share the good news of Jesus Christ more and more. Not just to put bottoms on seats, but to see many become disciples of Jesus Christ. According to somewhere on the internet, (laughs) the word prepare is mentioned 159 times in the Bible. 159 times. It's an important thing to do. Preparation is really important. You may recall, as I referred to earlier, um, in the Joshua chapter 1, it says, Joshua, having been spoken to by God, his officers to pass through the camp and prepare your provisions, it says. You may be sitting there thinking, but so many times in the Bible, as I said earlier, the story works out that God said, and they went. You know, it's almost kind of like an instant kind of, um, thing, But here Joshua speaks wisdom. Something big is about to happen. The mantle has been passed you know, to him. So something big is about to happen with Hope Church. Amen? Amen. Amen? Amen. We need to be prepared. It says in 2 Timothy 4, verses 1 to 8, and I'll try and kind of swing through this as quickly as possible. I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing in his kingdom, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove and rebuke and exhort with complete patience and teaching. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching. 
But having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. As for you, as for you, always be sober-minded. Endure suffering. Do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. And Paul goes on to say, but what hope this brings from being ready, for I'm already being poured out as a drink offering. And the time of my departure has come. I've fought the good fight. I've fought the good fight. I've finished the race. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but to all who have loved his appearing. We must prepare. My last point, so four points, is pursuers. Pursuers. Yeah, so we've got people, no, sorry, place, people, preparation and pursuers. Four points this morning. It says in Matthew ten sixteen, Behold, I am sending you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. So be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. This was Jesus' command as he sent out his 12 apostles. The reason I entitled my last point, this point, pursuers, was that I was kind of reminded of the story of Rahab in, in Joshua 2. Pursuers were after the two spies. And Rahab returns and says, I know the Lord has given you the land and that the fear of you has fallen upon us. And it goes on to say, and as soon as we heard it, our hearts melted and there was no spirit left in any man because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God in heavens, in heavens above and on the earth. Yeah, so she kind of hid them, didn't she? She kind of um, hid them in the roof, I think, off the top of my head. So some may say that Rahab was as wise as a serpent in the midst of the pursuit. They were pursuing those two spies. So even though God has given the land, promised land for them, sitting born for us, there will be pursuers. Whether that be physical people, whether that be psychological, thoughts in your mind, idols, all those kind of things, there will be all kinds of pursuers. So firstly, I guess, you could refer back to 2 Timothy. I'm kind of going from lots of places for those making notes. 2 Timothy 4, verses 1 to 8. And it says, um, the passage we just looked at, uh, whether we're dealing with people or material things, we need to be ready. But if you cast your eyes back a bit to 2 Timothy 3, 1 to 17, I'll give you a few seconds if you've got your Bibles just to kind of have a look. So 2 Timothy 3, 1 verses 1 to 17, I guess mainly around 1 to 15. It says, understand this. It's almost like a, a command, isn't it? Understand this. You know, what do you need to look out for? Any offers, any examples that people can see that are drawn to in that passage? What, what do they need to understand? What do they need to look out for? So, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy. It's a long old list to kind of look out for, isn't it? Right, so, just to kind of coming into land kind of thing, as they say. 
So Christians in today's world, the place, are like sheep in the midst of wolves. People, and I'll put in brackets, not all people are like wolves. <laughs> Reflect on the list from 2 Timothy, uh, 2 Timothy 3. So be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. And I'll put prepare. Yeah, getting dry. I said to Lizzie, I was, I was not kind of proud of myself, but it almost kind of came to a point at the end of preparing, almost like, actually, yeah, Christians in today's world, the place that we live, are like sheep in the midst of wolves, people, not all people are like wolves, to be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. It's calling us to prepare. Yeah, so now we're here, not quite the promised land, but now that we're here, we are called to do these things, aren't we? We're called to do these things. So I'll simply put at the end, only being strong and very courageous. So you might be sitting there this morning thinking, oh goodness, there's been another, you know, another notice about going to Ada and Emmanuel's house, about going onto the streets. How can I do it? Only being strong and courageous. Yeah, and there's loads of other examples in the life of the church as well. So something that I just kind of drew on to finish, do not be frightened declares the Lord. And when I was writing this, I could hear Brian's lovely East Midlands accent just ringing out in my ears. Do not be frightened, declares the Lord, and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Let's say that again. Do not be frightened, declares the Lord, and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is wherever you go. Shall we pray? Yeah, Father God, I want to thank you uh, for, for what you've put on my heart. I want to thank you uh, for, the, for the lives, um, for the stories that these things have touched, Lord Jesus. I thank you that you've given us this place. Lord, I thank you that you've given us people, people amongst us, people in the places that we work, um, go out to dinner in, pass in the car, all those kind of things. Lord Jesus, that you've called us to prepare, Father. Lord, I pray that you would just guard us against those things that we would know are kind of pursuing us and might kind of shift us to the left or to the right from our faith, knocking us this way, that way. Lord God, would you equip us, Lord, as we almost kind of, you know, start this new journey, kind of exploring new new venues in terms of um, just wanting to see more people become disciples. Lord God, thank you, Father. Amen. Amen. Thank you.